Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. I am Lee Lonsberry. Yesterday, just as we were wrapping up the program, I got word that the Milwaukee Bucks had decided not to play, that they would be uh, boycotting, uh, forfeiting their game uh, in the NBA bubble. And it was that... uh, that a number of other teams uh, followed suit. In, in fact, uh, a handful of other NBA teams uh, did not play yesterday uh, during their otherwise scheduled games. And today, uh, while we do have word that the playoffs will resume, uh, the, the, the specifics are still unknown. What we do know, uh, the games today, to include the, the Utah Jazz, who were to tip off here before not too long, uh, will not be played. Today's games, uh, NBA games, will not be played. You just heard Kira report uh, as well. The uh, WNBA games uh, will not be playing today uh, and all of it uh, in an act of, uh, you know, solidarity and support uh, or at least a, a call for, uh, for action regarding the, uh, the, the recent shooting. And so as the day went on, we thought, okay, well, how, how else will this play out? What other uh, impact will we see as a result of, of the NBA's decision, specifically the Bucks kicking things off uh, in, in other leagues? And, well, uh, a KSL News Radio tweet went out uh, later that evening uh, letting it be known that uh, Real Salt Lake, that they uh, would not be playing uh, their game either. And so that has kicked off a wild 24 hours. Joining me uh, on the line is Tom Hackett with KSL Sports, a writer and a host there, a uh, sharp guy. Last time we spoke, we were talking about being new dads. Today, the topic is far different than that day. Uh, Tom, first and foremost, how you doing? Good, Jay. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm, I'm all right. It's been a wild. Uh, it's been a wild 24 hours in the world of sports, and I, admittedly, uh, well, I, I don't host a sports program, uh, and so uh, let me turn to you. Uh, tell me on the RSL front, what has happened over the past 24 hours? Uh, so essentially, midway through yesterday afternoon, two leaders uh, of the Real Salt Lake team, two players got together and discussed whether or not they should play the upcoming fixture against LASC that was scheduled for 7 o'clock last night. Now, the conversation took place, Lee, because there was a word circulating around professional athletes that the NBA is considering cancelling its games for the foreseeable future, uh, and they did end up doing that. So long story short, the, the two players then decided to speak to the rest of the team just to make sure it was okay with them. It was unanimous that that was fine with the entire team, uh, and then they spoke to members of LAFC. Long story short, about 6.30, 6.10, 6.30, uh, 
the game was officially called off. There was a message over the Jumbotron. The team put a press release out, and uh, Zach McMath and, and Nader Monoha actually held some press conferences via Zoom mm-hmm. at about 7 o'clock last night to further detail how that all unfolded. Now, this morning uh, on a local radio station, the owner of Real Salt Lake Lake joined uh, in on the conversation. Uh, his name's Deloy Hansen. He's been in charge for a number of years now, and he went on to uh, essentially share his disappointment in, in, in the cancellation of that game. I, I, have a portion of, I have a portion of that conversation uh, which took place this morning on X96 here. Delo Hansen, uh, who also happens to own the radio station in addition to Real Salt Lake, uh, he, he discussed his initial reaction to the boycott. Here's the clip. Well, I, I think the question comes in is the sad part, as you know, I'm very, very supportive of an inclusive, fairly liberal agenda. That is who I am. Yeah. I've been strong in favor of that, but maybe that agenda has gotten so far that we're punishing all sides of society who would love to support, you know, an inclusive society. But then when you do that, uh, the fact is saying because maybe you're so accommodative or you're caring that you can be easily slapped. And I take it as a profound slap at our community value structure of trying to build an organization that develops youth, supports the community through our foundations, uh, that reaches to employ 250 people here. And then when it says, well, there's another issue in society, why don't we punish you? Reaction to this and other comments made by Deloitte Hansen, owner of Real Salt Lake, this morning on X96 have been swift and strong and coming from some notable names. What's that reaction been like? Uh, it's, it's been quite remarkable, uh, but, but I guess, you know, you, you would assume that would, that would happen. Donovan Mitchell jumped in on the conversation saying that he supports the Real Salt Lake players. Nick Romando, a, a very famous goalkeeper who's uh, in his first year of retirement, actually, said uh, that, that, that he's as well in support of the players. And then uh, Josie Altador, to some soccer geeks out there, his name may be familiar, he plays for the national team. Uh, and he actually came out and said, look, I, I'm a part of a group of people that would be more than interested in buying Real Salt Lake from you, Deloitte Hansen, if, uh, if you so to, do choose to do so. I mean, there's so much to unfold, Lee. He, he, he constantly talked about his his own disappointment, how he's so great within the community. He said that they're, they're not going to invite fans back moving forward if at all games are played. Uh, and because of that, he's going to have to let go 40 to 50 employees, which, uh, by the way, were already furloughed. So he's not furloughed. He's furloughing them for a second time. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned fans that were traveling from Idaho and St. George, and they shared their disappointments with not seeing the game uh, or being entertained by the game because it wasn't taken. And then maybe the, the, the biggest quote of them all is, is this, Lee. He, he's quoted saying, it's taken a lot of wind out of my sails on how much I want to invest in the team, mm. buying players and building the team, essentially threatening 
the the organization and the fan base that, yeah. that he's not going to invest in in players moving that, forward if the team acts this way. And that line of the the wind being taken out of his sails—that's what uh, Donovan Mitchell specifically reacted to. Uh, in fact, uh, musing after that, saying, "Well, maybe uh, maybe you should consider selling." And uh, and that has kicked off uh, quite a conversation and uh, a whirlwind of rumors as to the future of RSL ownership by Deloitte Hanson. Certainly, and look, it's not the first time that, that Deloitte Hanson has found himself in, in hot water. He has been accused uh, before for being all about the bottom dollar. And I think that's what this is kind of further reiteratedly is is that uh, for, for Mr. Hanson, for Deloitte, it, it's all about the money. And, and, and he wanted the game to be played because there were fans that were expected to, to attend the stadium. And mind you, that there are 26 teams in Major League Soccer only three of the teams were expected to, to have fans in the stadium. FC Dallas was expected to allow about 500 into their stadium. Sporting Kansas City, 2,500. Real Salt Lake was going to have the most, and that was 5,000 fans in attendance. And you have to question and just wonder, was that to try and put more money into the pockets of Deloitte hands? And I guess that question is, is, uh, is still up in the air. But uh, his... His, uh, his, his selfish nature, Lee, has certainly become apparent today, yet again, following remarks that he felt personally uh, disrespect, disrespected surrounding the decision to not play last night. Like... The question obviously goes, what happens next? He said it's and, like somebody uh, stabbed you, and they're trying to figure out a way to pull the knife out and move forward. It's 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 incredible. And then you think about those forty in forty to fifty individuals who were at once furloughed, then brought back for yesterday, and now Deloy Hansen says he's got to let him go again. I imagine that in the Deloy Hansen war chest, there are a few shekels shaking around uh, that might be able to compensate that, folks. And so those those individuals. So uh, for there to be real concern for their well being, uh, I, I may not be buying it. I should also note, Lee, that, that when Deloitte Hanson furloughed those 40 to 50 original employees that, that he mentioned he was going to furlough again, the, the Real Salt Lake team, the players themselves, reached into their own pockets uh, and actually supported those individuals that for a while didn't have a job. Um, so while the billionaire owner decided to furlough Certain individuals uh, within the organization, the players decided to act accordingly and, and actually give their own money to help support. One of those players was Nader Monaroha, who has recently uh, just done an, an interview a few minutes ago, actually, with, with the BBC. He is from England. He does have friends over at the BBC. Um, and and he, he admitted to, uh, to not wanting to be here anymore. He doesn't want to play for someone who isn't here to support us. So, look, I think this conversation is going to be ongoing, as I yeah. think it should be. And I also, you know, I, I just don't know what the ramifications for the comments made by Deloitte Hanson are going to be. But I, last night, Nader Monaroha admitted that the game on Saturday away against Portland was probably going to be played. I, I'm a, I have a hard time seeing that happen now. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hackett, i got to let you go. Let that be the last word. Thank you so much for your insight. As this story develops, I would be curious uh, to touch base uh, and eager to touch base with you again uh, and follow your coverage of this story. Tom Hackett with KSL Sports. Uh, thank you so much, man. Thanks, Lee. Have a good rest of your day. All right, you too. All right, quick break now. I'm late for the news. I'm sorry for that. We're going to return and speak with Dr. Paul Christo. We're going to 
discuss uh, a tragic, a tragic reality and a tragic ramification of the COVID pandemic, and it has to do uh, with opioid deaths. Those numbers are on the rise, and it might be preventable. We'll find out how next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back. I am Lee Lonsberry. We are in the final hour of today's episode, number 174 of this program here on KSL News Radio. Before the break, we had a conversation with a certified financial planner from uh, DMBA, a good friend of the program, Shane Stewart, and it is uh, responding to some fascinating findings by the Associated Press. They have described this as a paradox of the pandemic. You and I know uh, from reading headlines and watching statistics and speaking with our friends and living our own lives, right, that this thing has been relentless that it has uh, brought our economy in some sectors to its knees, all right? Uh, there were job loss numbers, unemployment. There uh, was GDP decline uh, like we haven't seen uh, for decades and decades. 12.9 million people lost their jobs. Businesses have closed from coast to coast. Uh, you probably can uh, look down the street right now from wherever you live and your eyes uh, will gaze upon very likely a business whose doors are shut now and may not open again ever. And yet, the paradox. There's a paradox observed by the Associated Press, and it is that while those 12.9 million people have lost their jobs, businesses have been closing coast to coast, yet the personal finances of many Americans have remained strong, about half in fact. Uh, and while remaining strong, they have even in some cases improved. Now, how is that the case? Very simply, the explanation is this. With all those closing businesses, the individuals lucky enough to have maintained their jobs, they have fewer places to spend their money. All right. My question to you is, uh, have you experienced something similar? Have you experienced uh, uh, the ability to maybe save a little more? Have you been able to pay down some of your debt, your credit card debt, your mortgage payments, your car loans, your student loans? Have you been able to do that? Has there been this odd economic silver lining for a lucky few Americans who have been able to take advantage of it? Now, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the Jeff Bezos types or the Mark Zuckerberg types who have had uh, <laughs> increases to their personal wealth measured in the tens of billions. Yeah, tens of billions of dollars of added value uh, to the stock held by uh, individuals uh, like Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos. Yeah. And that's, uh, of course, uh, also discounting the, the medical folks, uh, you know, the, the, the ones whose uh, stock prices have soared as they have their companies rather have engaged in the development of the coronavirus vaccine. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not talking about those. The, the, those people are outliers. They are not you and me. I'm wondering about you who have been lucky enough uh, to maintain a job or maybe or maybe this. Maybe you have been able to, uh, which is becoming uh, more and more the need of folks uh, out of work. You've been able to transition into a, a new place of employment. Have you have you changed careers? Has the coronavirus led you to change careers? 
I'd like to hear from you. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. And if you want to get on the air live, uh, I'd be eager to speak with you. 801-575-8255. Again, 801-575-8255. Give me a call uh, if you'd like to talk about your circumstance, if you have any uh, observations, or if you have any tips for folks trying to navigate these waters, here is an opportunity uh, to share your story and your advice. Uh, and while we wait to get those calls lined up, l- let me turn back uh, the clock a few hours in the program today. Uh, we started off by talking with Tom Hackett, a friend of mine uh, here at KSL Sports, a writer and a host and a, uh, a good source of information and explanation when it comes to sports here in the state of Utah and beyond. And, well, there is a major sports story playing out here in Utah. And that is, of course, the decision made by uh, the players of Real Salt Lake yesterday to, uh, to, to not play their game, to boycott uh, Wednesday night's game. And that, of course, came after uh, the announcement, which we were able to make here just 24 hours ago on this radio program uh, when the Milwaukee Bucks decided that they would be boycotting uh, their playoff game uh, scheduled for, for yesterday, the decision coming uh, very suddenly. Uh, and it was that in the subsequent hours that professional sports teams and leagues around the country uh, followed suit, that there was something of a, a domino effect, that once the Bucks said that they weren't playing, uh, there were other games last night which w- weren't played. Uh, and that attitude, uh, that spirit, and that decision to, uh, to not play, uh, that became a, a contagious phenomenon. And we saw it play out uh, yesterday evening in a game scheduled to take place uh, at uh, here in Utah, Real Salt Lake. They didn't take to the field. And uh, it was expected that, that some 5,000 fans would be in attendance. And that sets Real Salt Lake apart. Uh, it's Real Salt Lake and I think two other uh, professional soccer teams around the country were uh, planning on uh, welcoming fans back into the stands in limited numbers, uh, but uh, welcoming fans back nonetheless. The the largest number expected to gather just last night uh, to watch Real Salt Lake play, 5,000 fans. But that didn't happen. Uh, a banner was displayed on the marquee there in the arena or in the stadium, uh, letting the fans who had arrived, a few hundred of them, uh, letting them know that, in fact, there would be no game. Uh, it was postponed and uh, that they would each be contacted individually uh, and some sort of accommodation would be made uh, for the purchase of their ticket. Now, that's all pretty straightforward stuff. You know, uh, we have heard talks like this, uh, and especially in this coronavirus era, will a game be played? Will a game not be played? Uh, there's been a lot of back and forth. And as, especially in the NBA, Uh, a desire to communicate frustration with uh, inequality uh, and certain injustices perceived uh, at the hands of law enforcement, Uh, there have been uh, pretty dramatic moves made. Uh, Emblazoned on the floor of NBA courts is Black Lives Matter. Uh, Many uh, NBA teams have made it uh, possible for players to uh, emblazon their own uniforms with uh, with phrases, uh, sayings, uh, words in lieu of their own last names, where you see them typically. Uh, and yet, it was uh, last night that an added step was taken, uh, an extra step to boycott the game. And we haven't heard much from owners, except here in Utah. This morning, Deloitte Hansen 
owner of Real Salt Lake, uh, he took to the airwaves on another radio station here in Utah, X96, uh, a radio station which Mr. Hansen owns. Uh, in addition to owning Real Salt Lake, he owns the radio station, and he uh, appeared on the program uh, this morning, and he said a number of things uh, that are frustrating a number of people, including uh, professional athletes like Donovan Mitchell. Uh, one of the things stated, one of the lines from uh, Mr. Hansen was, it's taken a lot of wind out of my sails on how much I want to invest in the team, buying players and building the team. That That's a threat, right? He's communicating uh, not exclusively to the radio listening audience, but he is also speaking to the players, the players on his team, those who chose uh, not to play last night, letting them know that, uh, you know what, if you're not going to play, uh, maybe I'm not going to invest too much more in this team. Well, Donovan Mitchell's reaction to that was, wow, this is all via Twitter, wow, all caps. If it's taken, quote, the wind out, then sell the team. Donovan Mitchell then asserts, I stand with Real Salt Lake players. Now, I've heard some rumors swirling that there are meetings uh, convening right now as to the future of uh, this team. And we will uh, certainly be touching base with all the reporters that cover uh, these stories uh, and this team as this week and next unfurls. Because these are the moments that uh, change things pretty dramatically. And this is an era in history where things happen very, very quickly. Do not be surprised if dramatic changes happen uh, in the Ralph Salt Lake front office uh, in the near future. If you have any thoughts on this, uh, 57500, that's the Utah Community Credit Union text line, 57500. I don't quite have my thoughts sorted out on uh, whether or not uh, you know the, the players were right for boycotting or specifically if I were a player if I would have made a similar decision. Uh, but what I am fairly certain of is that uh, owner Deloy Hansen, uh, to speak up the way he did, uh, is, is not uh, good for anyone. It is a distraction uh, from both what the, what the fans uh, would like to see and what the players would like to communicate. It is a distraction and nothing more, and an unfortunate one at that. Quick break. When we return... I am so looking forward to this conversation. I am so looking forward to a chat we're going to have with a Deseret News reporter, Sophia Jeremias. She recently, she recently took to the Hiuintas and did some hiking. Now, why is that interesting? Well, she did it all by herself. Why? Interesting reason. She'll share it with us next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another... Pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 